This is Rugger Matrix America. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Alex Goff with RugbyMag.com and joined as usual by Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean. And we have a, a double thrill for us as we have two guests on us uh, on our show this week with Colin Holly and Zach Test, both from the USA Sevens team. But before we get to those guys, uh, we've uh, had a real busy time since the last show. And and guys, the, the, a little bit of embarrassment. Um, we, we ran a show with Todd Clever, which was a terrific show. Very excited about it. And we were pumping up the rugby showdown. And of course, the rugby showdown just a few days later comes out, and you know the the Golden Lions, the not so Golden Lions, the tarnished Golden Lions of South Africa, say they're not coming. So a little bit of a um, a little bit unfortunate thing. Uh, we left the show up. We didn't change it because Todd had an awful lot of good things to say about all kinds of stuff with with the national team and his time in Japan. It was all totally worth it. But anything he says about the showdown, um, obviously, is moot. Because they didn't have the game. Um, anyway, uh, uh, so that was okay. Uh, Bruce, how's it going? Uh, I, I think you you managed to survive the embarrassment of the rugby showdown not happening. Well, it, as far as for the players, I'm very disappointed for them and 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 their opportunity to have that experience. As far as me and talks, we're old men with families, and there's a lot of stuff going on in our lives, so. Having like that extra week was okay. <laughs> Being home was okay. Um, so, but for the players, I'm really, uh, I'm really disappointed. But for, uh, from my own personal standpoint and from the standpoint of everything else, thank God it happened prior to it turning into a complete disaster where we were actually out there or, or something of that sort. They, I, there were a couple red flags that went up along the way. Obviously, the Canadians pulling out and. Some other things that had been going on with different people and not having the international players that were promised, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think that the red flags were there. And uh, so it's not a massive surprise to me anyway. But this was one of the greatest weeks of rugby in like stuff that kind of didn't really matter, but kind of mattered. So it was pretty cool. This was a great weekend. Like the Cal St. Mary's, Army, Navy. Life, Arkansas State. There's a lot of really great stuff going on. Yeah, and Pat, you were covering pretty much all of it. Kind of crazy. Yeah, paying attention to to all of it. It was uh, it was fun to watch. There's still um, a couple games on the West Coast that uh, are going to impact the D1AA playoffs that we got to pay attention to. But it's been a fun weekend. That's that's playoff rugby. It always gets exciting this time of year. It sure does. And to add to the excitement, we've also got uh, some big stuff coming up with the Sevens. So we will be right back here on Rugged Matrix America with our guests, Zach Test and Colin Hawley. Hi, this is Craig Samoy with the University of Arizona Wildcats. We're going to be playing the CRC at PPL Park. It's something like you don't really see in college rugby with having so many fans there. It's, it's really exciting going out through those tunnels and Seeing a big crowd like that really gets you going and the adrenaline pumping. Come see us the first weekend in June at PPL Park. Get your tickets at usa7crc.com. Bear down. 
And we're back here on Rugger Matrix America with USA 7's players, Colin Holly and Zach Tess. And guys, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Good to be here. We're excited to have you. Uh, you know, it's it's been a really uh, tumultuous season, I think, for uh, the USA 7's team. And, and I think, you know, let, let's talk a little bit, first of all, about the World Series last year. Uh, the team didn't win any hardware and you didn't make a top eight, but you earned enough points week in and week out to uh, remain in the top 12. This year, it's a struggle to remain in the top 12, and yet you've made the top the top eight in a tournament three times, which I don't even know if that's ever happened. If it has happened, it's happened a long time ago. Uh, and you won the plate at uh, at Tokyo which was something that hasn't happened also in in something like 10 years um 12 years yeah yeah so so we're so some really uh some really good things happening but also some some things that not going your way and uh you know a couple of tournaments where you look look and say geez you know you know no wins or just one win something like that so it's been up and down um so first of all both of you tell me do you feel like it's been up and down? Do you feel like it's been a, a, a year where you play well, you don't play well? Or um, is that is it somewhat different in your mind? Well, uh, over the past uh, you know couple seasons, we've lacked consistency in the little things we, we do on the field. This, this, this season we're in right now, we've found that consistency. Even though we haven't gotten the wins, We've still found that consistency to grind out and have the attitude to win. And the culmination of that was, you know, the good side of it was was Tokyo, and you had, you know, we've been talking about this through through the season. How many close losses you had? How yeah. many games where you were right there, and then you know the other team scores to win it, or you know you could score to win it and you don't. Um, but this. This time in this time in Tokyo, you won a couple of those close games, and then you finish it off by completely putting Scotland away, seventeen nothing, which was a real impressive performance. So, was there something different, or was it just you know it, it was a it was inevitable because as Zach talked about the consistency, um, that was gonna, those wins were going to come. I think we're both. Uh, the whole team is very aware. You know, you would say it more as an up and down season, tumultuous season. We feel that we've been knocking at the door the entire season with all these close games. Uh, I haven't been on the team as long as Zach has, but there are games against Fiji and other teams in New Zealand where we get blown out by five tries, you know. Now it feels like we're knocking at the door and we're getting to these close scenarios in the sevens match where it comes down to the last two minutes and we're in the game. Now – a big thing with that is how, how do you train that scenario? There's really no way to replicate the pressure or the you know what's going through your body, your mind in a close game against one of these teams that we really want to beat. Now you've seen a season where we've gotten to that point and we've kind of dropped off right at the end. Now we're getting the end of the season. We've been in these games and we've been in those scenarios. And you've seen in Tokyo now our ability to kind of finish it off. And I think that's what we've been missing this year because you can't really replicate that. You really need to be in that scenario, play in those close games, in those big games, in those big tournaments, those big moments to know how you're feeling, how to react, 
How's the team going to react and what you need to do to win? It's, it's the only way you're going to do it. Just get yourself that scenario to be able to win. And I think Tokyo, it's the end of the season and finally came together for us. And we were, we were elated. I mean, it was a long time coming, in my opinion. But, you know, you, you have to be in that scenario. And these teams with people who have been like 50 tournaments under their belt, you know, some of these players, they've been there. They've, they, they know that. They have that ability. And we're, we're building on that right now. Colin, um, specifically in Tokyo, the game against Scotland, you guys knew you needed to beat Scotland. You, that's the team you're kind of chasing in the standings to get out of the relegation zone. Mm-hmm. Um, you knew what you did, and you, you went out and you did it. You did the same thing in Vegas, um, the last pool play. You knew what you needed to do to get into the cup quarterfinals, and you went out and you did exactly that. Does it? Is there? I mean, is there? Is that just a coincidence, or is there something to – you know what's in front of you, and, and this one game is what determines it. Um, you guys, is it easier to get focused at that point, or is it just coincidence? Oh yeah, um, I I believe that the team responds well to a challenge. You know, when you have a when you have a goal, when you have a specific goal in front of you, you know, kind of this is it. You know, you got to win. Period. Uh, Hawkins says it a lot. He tries to kind of get us in this mindset where it's win or lose. There is no in-between. There is no play well anymore. You know, you're, you're winning or you're going to lose. So when we get that mentality, when you play to win, it, I, it's a different feeling altogether, how we're on the field and, you know, what we're doing as a team. And there's those moments where you see that and it's it comes out on the field and we're very – conscious of this goal of this challenge that's in front of us and you saw that in Tokyo where it's we need points we have to do it and that started at the beginning of the games and even against Kenya we were down a few tries we still were fighting until the end whistle for those points for that extra try and that mindset coming to Tokyo really helped us kind of close the gap in those final minutes especially against Fiji when we won you know, at the death, but that's that's kind of what happened there, in my opinion. You guys are you guys are both pretty interesting as far as American rugby players go. In that, Colin, your dad is Lauren Hawley, who was, in, in many people recognize as probably the greatest player to ever play in America. I mean, obviously that's arguable, but and and Zach, your dad also had a relatively. Uh, tremendous career as a as a player as well i i have a twofold question for you number one i I mean i i know i know about colin's relationship with his dad i'd like you to talk a little bit about that before he died and and how you would call him and stuff and zach let us know about your dad but the one thing i'd like to know is what advice would you have for parents especially rugby parents now that there's so many more youth playing what advice would you have for parents so that they would so that players could enjoy the experience of being rugby guys? My relationship with my father, my father's like my best friend. Um, you know, he's an orthopedic surgeon and you know, playing rugby is a very, very brutal sport. And to have someone that's a professional in the medical field and then has some rugby background to help you get through those little niggles and injuries, those different scenarios on the rugby game where you have some pain and you need to figure out the best way of getting help from an elder. 
my father is, you know, probably the wisest man I know, and I'm very grateful to have him in my life. So growing up, I was always around Cal rugby men, um, the 60s team, um, the 1960s team at Cal. They still get together, um, you know. It's so I was always around all the all the Cal guys, and they really taught me what it meant, like playing rugby. Essentially, not just rugby, rugby at Cal, but rugby in general. The camaraderie of the sport is a lifelong kind of relationship with these guys, and that's what kind of rugby brings to the table um, in terms of sport. It's it's unlike anything else. Um, so my dad was – I noticed that pretty early on with my dad and his friends. Uh, I went to Jesuit to play rugby, essentially. Um, that's – kind of how I got involved with rugby. They, they offered it, and it was kind of the best school for it. Uh, from there, it meant so much to him, and then I did it properly. He made sure to tell me, like, uh, you're going to do this correctly. You're going to tuck your jersey in. You know, At that point, you're going to pull your socks up, and you're going to give the game the respect it deserves, or I'm not going to have you play because this means a lot to him and obviously to his friends. So at a very early age, I learned to respect the sport and what it meant to other people. And from there, it was just about um, him being engaged, my dad being engaged as me as a rugby player, seeing my talent. And after every, he'd come to every game, and after every game, he had throat cancer, so he couldn't speak. So he had his clipboard, and he would come up to me after every game, and you know, after you know, kind of chasing the refs down and writing little notes for the referees on the paper. <laughs> he would, uh, <laughs> not so kind notes, but you know, it's uh, it happens. He's very passionate. was, was a very passionate man. Uh, he'd come up to after me after the game and we would analyze the game, what I did well, what I saw versus didn't see what he saw, what I could have done better. And what I'm going to do next time, a very analytical approach to a very, emotional game so you have to have both of those in rugby in my opinion as coach Clark says it's a it's a thinking man's game in my opinion and you have to have both sides of that coin he got me involved in camps you know the Cal rugby camps I went to three years in a row and essentially that's how I kind of got involved with Cal rugby and then when I got in there he was at every game and you know really involved in my progression mentally and physically more so about understanding the game and doing it correctly. Like ever since the beginning, he's just told me be the best. And, uh, you know, I, I continue to play because of what he's kind of driven me towards to do. He always said, be the best, you know, and, uh, kind of keep on pushing that envelope here. And, uh, you know, that's what I would say to parents, you know, getting, getting their young kids involved, really be, curious about the culture of rugby um it's very much team it's not individualistic it's uh there's a certain kind of code of to rugby players and the respect that you give each other and the history of the sport is there you just have to be diligent and kind of really look for it and uh it'll it'll mean the world to the kids 
it meant a world to me. You know, coach giving me a jersey, an old jersey, or watching a game with me and talking about rugby. So how how do you guys, uh, uh, I guess, pay that forward? Um, are you in a position because you're training all the time, you're traveling around, things like that? Um, Zach, I know you work uh, in camps. Colin, you work in camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you work with a lot of kids. And, and Zach, I actually had, had the opportunity to watch you uh, interact with some kids during uh, some of the uh, elite camp stuff that's done, uh, which was yeah. pretty cool to see you do that. And uh, um, I guess that's the opportunity you get to do and, and work with kids and, and perhaps take what you've learned from a mentor to transfer it. It, it's, a, it's a great thing we're doing, playing with the kids. I remember growing up, you know, going to Stanford football camps and seeing the quarterbacks and, think, you know, knowing that they're, you know, professional kind of players, we, I would get so excited. And, that, you know, that's the way these kids look at, you know, us when we're, we're coaching the rugby at these camps. It's just a great experience we have with them. You know, we're always laughing, tackling them, throwing through ruck bags. It's, it's, it's awesome. And I think more more kids should come out and do that because you're hanging out with, the other kids that are just like you just want to learn the game it's i wish i had it growing up you know <laughs> yeah yeah uh, this, this will be great actually when i first uh, met paul emmerich <laughs> you know we've been teaming for a while now i was like paul you're my favorite player and you know after a while when we knew each other you know it was just a kind of a funny joke that if i would have like i don't know met paul when i was when i was playing or if he was doing a camp or something like that it would have been it would have been crazy because once I first started coming up, I got to hang out with Paul and everything like that. It really, you know, I learned a lot from him and I asked him, you know, how do you get so angry on the pitch <laughs> and everything like that. But uh, it, it's great to to work with the kids and obviously we both have Facebooks and we get a lot of messages from kids like, how do we get to the Eagles? What's the next step? You know, we offer just as much advice as we can to these guys. In terms of what you need to do, the colleges or representative teams, your kind of benchmarks for speed and fitness and power. Some kids usually Facebook me messages, and you know I try to get back to them as much as possible. And so so does Zach. It's just one way that we can go ahead and give back besides the camps and you know doing it that way. It's really it's really really fun kind of doing the social media with these guys because it's. It's kind of sweeping the younger nation a bit more, is inter- interacting through Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Yeah, it couldn't wouldn't. Yeah, be able we to actually use... have a. Um... Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, oh. we actually have a, a little hangout um, on Wednesday that um, U.S. Oh, is putting on. You know, kids that listen to you know the show or the parents that you know the kids want to you know have some face to face time with me and Colin. Yeah, I think it's Wednesday at seven o'clock. I believe something like that. Yeah. Excellent. That should be good. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Colin Holly and Zach Test here on Rugga Matrix America. Hey, fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots, Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. Okay, we are back on Rugged Matrix America, and we're talking with Colin Hawley and Zach Test. And um, I, I wanted to uh, get back uh, to a certain extent on uh, the the big the big elephant in the room on on the U.S. <clears throat> sevens team. Well, there are two two elephants actually. One of them is the <laughs> Sevens World Cup, but the other thing is is your standings in in the World Series. And we know that um, you know if if you come out of Glasgow. 
uh, not in the top 12 that you play in a qualifier tournament. And I was really struck, Zach, by um, an interview you made right after Tokyo, right on the field, where you're, you're talking about the standings and you said, uh, we don't want to be in the relegation tournament. And I, and I think every player probably calls it that. It's technically the qualifier tournament. It's, it's called that because you're qualifying to be in the core. But I think anybody who is a core team is looking at you. You use the term relegation because you don't want to be under threat of dropping out. Um, is, there, is there sort of a feeling like there's more of a fear of losing aspect to it? Um, you know, what kind of pressure do you guys feel knowing where you are in the standings that you, you're, you're right on the edge? It's not so much pressure. It's, it's excitement. You know, as Colin said, um, we, we've been knocking on the door on close games and, you know, winning tournaments. And it's not the feeling that we're going to get relegated. It's the fact that we are going to go out and get another cup quarters and, you know, make another play final, maybe make cup semis, you know. So it's not the fear of getting relegated. It's what our next step is as a progression of a team. Who who can we go next beat that we haven't beaten in a while? Yeah, there's um, there's an element of, you know, you got to do what you got to do, but – First and foremost, it's where we're at as a team and where we want to be as a team. Points are points. You know, what's going to happen is going to happen. And we still have the World Cup and we still have a lot of rugby to play. You know, we can't be scared of losing and then you, then you play a different kind of rugby. And now, like I said before, there's, there's a challenge, yes. There is a challenge. Yes, there is, there is pressure to perform. There's always been pressure to perform. So that's, that's nothing different. Um, we're in this scenario here i mean we've been battling the entire year you know making you know three cup rounds and like you said i don't know any i don't know a team or a year that we've done that you know, <laughs> we're, we're improving and but so is everybody else now the next step is we like i said we had a challenge face in front of us in tokyo we had a challenge face in front of us in spain it seems like our team does well with challenges you know um you know, in my opinion, you, there's two ways you can react to a challenge. You can shy away from it, you know, and, you know, make excuses. But that's really not the rugby player's kind of way. You know, you just kind of get up and you grind and you get your job done. So the second option, you know, you have a challenge, you're going to go ahead and meet it face on, head on. And it kind of gives you more of a laser focus, in my opinion. You know, it's it's there right in front of you. You know, there is no distractions. This is This is it. So um, I'm looking forward to the next two tournaments and improving as a team and just meeting challenges and overcoming them. It's it's what you live for. So it's I'm excited, and so is Zach. One of the most exciting games I've ever watched, probably the most exciting game I've ever watched, um, you guys played was against Fiji in the, in the Cup quarterfinal. Just tell me just what that, that game was like, um, being on the field for that and the way it went and, and the excitement surrounding it and knowing that you needed to win to advance and, and all that that was into it and beating Fiji in the way that you did. Was that game more exciting to play in? And what were your thoughts when you came off the field? Because it looked like you guys were ready to drop dead. Well, whenever you play Fiji, they're always going to throw the ball around. And we do drills in, in training that simulate that craziness of their style of play. You know, it's, it's always going to be tiring. You know, we always we ran – so many meters that game, but it was just so much fun. We we live for those big games, like Colin said. We had we love a challenge, and we knew we had to to beat Fiji. And we hadn't beaten Fiji in a long time. We came very close in 
in Vegas as well. So it was it was a it was a lot of fun. It was it was a uh, gut check moment, you know that's for sure. Fiji's a uh, tough opponent. We know we we needed to advance. Gut check, really. We just you know there's no time to be scared or you know feel pressured. It's just like hey, let's go out and do our thing. Um, went in there. They went up two tries early. I had, <laughs> I know I got fended off pretty hard in the beginning of the game, and you know, I, it just happens. You just gotta shake it off. You know, rugby amnesia. Move on to the next next kind of thing you need to do. And Zach had some amazing plays. The team had amazing plays. We just that fight to never give up and fight for points and fight to win. We we had that, and it came out in spades against Fiji because we were down early. We fought back and held onto the ball. Yes, Fiji made some mistakes. Yes, we made some mistakes at sevens. But the fact that we held onto the ball, we kind of worked it and never gave up, and the game never got away from us after being down so early, pretty freaking sweet. I like that uh, try that Falau Niua scored too because he's he probably is not the fastest guy on the field. <laughs> but, you know, he, he stepped a couple of players, and then, I you know, I think it had been – a very tiring tournament, a very tiring two weeks, and and the uh, the Fiji players took two steps, looked at him, and said, "Nah, never mind." And, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, so he just kind of waltzed in there. Um, it's an indication to me, though, and and I was thinking about this in in Las Vegas, watching uh, England and Kenya, the teams that had been the top two in Wellington. Uh, fall precipitously. I mean, England finished last in in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and and apart from New Zealand, um, they're the only team that really. Uh, New Zealand is the only team that that gets in the top four every every tournament. Everybody else, it seems like, it's a battle of attrition. So what is it? And and uh, you know, you, both of you guys have varying. Uh, uh, experience in in the circuit, and Zach, you've been around long. You're all t- all time try scoring player and everything. But uh, is it is it physically harder now than it was, say, a couple of years ago? Is is that and is that second weekend? I mean, is it as hard as it looks? Because it seems to me now <laughs> that some teams are just falling apart by the end of it. Yeah, players are bigger, faster, stronger than they were three years ago. The game has changed. The the pace of the game is so much faster now, and guys are bigger, so the collisions take a bigger toll you know the second tournament of a series you still have the niggles and the bumps and the sorenesses from the previous tournament and you got to get through that and you're still sore so it's it's very hard but you have to find that mental strength to get through that and just keep playing for your boys your country your coach you know everyone back home and it, it is interesting that you know uh, Wales and France, the guys from, or what was it, uh, Wales and Fiji, you know, from Hong Kong, you know, were so tired in Tokyo. So it just shows that you play six games, you're going to be really, really tired for the second weekend. Yeah, just piggybacking off Zach, you, you can see that. And getting out of Hong Kong early, we noticed, uh, like, hey, we have an opportunity to recover here. And so we got to take it, you know, take what's on offer each weekend. So we recovered more in Hong Kong and gave us a better chance to come out and put more effort into it in Tokyo. And one of my good buddies, Kyle Libby, actually told me, like, it takes a lot of emotional energy to get through all those physical battles. And that's a really taxing part as well because you have to get yourself in the right mindset 
through these two weeks and especially seven is crazy. It's just you're really on and then you got to break it down. You're really on, you have to break it down. You're really on, you have to break it down. And that kind of emotional and physical roller coaster, it, it's really hard to get yourself back in that, that kind of frame of mind each time you step on that field because you don't have time to muck about. You have to come out there firing at all eight cylinders or we used to say seven cylinders because there's seven guys. But it's that's really difficult to do. And that's how you see some teams really drop off. You know, physically, I think everybody's kind of on the same plane. You get you get tired and you get bumped up, but it's putting that emotional energy back into it each game, which really tells the difference in teams. I, I was just gonna say that I thought you guys had a had a good mindset in that the way you answered the questions that were posed to you just previously was about your mindset more than anything. How much? Like Charles Barkley says, everybody's physically conditioned in the NBA. It's Except the, for Charles Barkley. It's the it's <laughs> the mental condition that is separates people. And as you were saying there, Colin, that it, it was it's difficult to go up and down and up, you know, go back in and get y- yourself in. How much work do you guys do on mental training and how – what exactly do you do if you do any? Because I think that's a that's a missing component in a lot of a lot of teams. I know I spend a lot of time on it, so I just was I, I interested to see what you guys think. Yeah, it's a it's a massive component in our uh, in our training regimen. Um, we do have a sports psychiatrist, Peter Hebrell, who comes in and talks to us every once in a while, but. Generally, our training programs are kind of scheduled in a way to replicate some kind of tournaments, tournament style at some points. So getting up and getting down and things of that nature are kind of planned in. Now, there's a lot of reaching that kind of exhausted capacity, you know, where you have to perform under pressure and you have to perform really, really tired, you know, and you have to re- try to recreate that as much as possible. And Coach Magleby is really, really, I would say, interested and kind of diligent in kind of recreating those environments. Uh, wouldn't you say so, Zach? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Mags is very adamant on having the style of a tournament. But it also comes down to um, we have that experience on that team now where we've gone through tournaments, we, we've been together for a year professionally under contract and so we have that experience of being tired and playing through that 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 tired wall and just breaking through it and, and putting in the back of your mind and having that mental capacity to your mental strength to you know get past that in, in, in those scenarios like that end of the fiji game where you have nothing left but you have to still work your tail off to get, get your job done let's move on to the second elephant in the room and that's the sevens world cup uh it, it's it's something that uh um the the usa team uh, you know they, they've had they've had some moments i think i think 97 they won the bowl which was which was really nice uh last time at the sevens world cup 2009 uh i i thought we had high expectations for the team and um you know this is a team that had uh todd clever and takun nguenya on it and uh kevin swearin and Chris Wiles, 
uh, we had expectations and and they they struggled and uh, Paul Emmerich was also on that team and and part of that was and and Al Caravelli was coaching the team would, would have said that he he brought in uh, a couple of players just sort of parachuted them in and maybe maybe that didn't work out I don't know but but this time around we have uh, possibly potentially a different situation going on. Um, the, the the major questions might be whether there are some players who would be uh, playing with the 15s team, Luke Hume, Blaine Scully, possibly um, Colin. I don't know if that's on the horizon for you. Um, but but tell tell us a little bit about whether you talk about the World Cup, what what your expectations are, um, and and really you know this is. This is a this is a very big event. This is a once in a four year event. It's it's all it's really kind of the um, the opening the the opening salvo for talking about the Olympics because yeah. it's going to be just the same thing. It's going to be the world tournament. It's definitely uh, a showcasing. I would say you know as you recreate this kind of four year window and. This is an event kind of similar to, you know, having an Olympic tournament. You know, it's, it's definitely a showcasing, preluding towards that. But to be honest, we haven't really talked about the World Cup too much. It's, it's been about the season and us as a team and, you know, getting, getting these last two tournaments under our belt. And then we're going to move on to the World Cup. We can't, we can't worry about that when we got th- this first challenge in front of us. You know, we, we, we deal with this, we, we mark, check that box, we go to the next one. It's definitely on everybody's mind. You know, we, we want to do well, you know, and, um, you know, in terms of gearing towards it, you know, we, we've definitely talked about the last World Cup. You know, Zach and I have had discussions, you know, and there was that players coming in and out, and we we really feel that there, there are some guys that can offer a lot to the team, but we are very adamant in having a group that plays well together and one that's been playing well together, you know, in terms of growing as a team. And that's when you get to that, you know, final minute against Fiji and you win the game versus lose the game. You get that part part right, that little part, you know, it's maybe like 2% there, but it's, it's the difference between winning those close games, if you get that right, maybe some games that you shouldn't, and if you get it wrong, you know, you know, you're you're not doing too well, in my opinion. So it's a very tough thing to manage. You know, I don't envy Coach Mags and his decision making in terms of all these kind of selections and game plan and what's the right and wrong thing to do. But you know, I know as you know, Zach and I have discussed, you know, having the same unit kind of getting together and moving towards growing and doing better as a unit so we'll see how it works out but right now it's it's scotland and london i i think i uh yep. am right in that zach <laughs> yeah you kind of took all the material there <laughs> <laughs> you just mentioned earlier that was a cool story about paul emmerich and him being your favorite player and hmm. if you met him you might have been a little starstruck but it seems like you've uh and you asking him how he gets so angry on the pitch it seems like you've channeled your inner Paul Emmerich as of late. I mean, you've picked up your physicality, it would appear, um, to where you're not just flying in the air to get restarts and running around to finish off tries. You're actually drilling some people out there. Has that been a conservative effort for you in the last however long, or was that part of, you know, it seems the team is playing more physical, direct style um, now than they were, say, under Al Caravelli. 
has that been kind of a, something that you wanted to work on um, personally, Colin? Oh, it's it's really been huge as a part of my game. I was um, pretty small coming up through college, and I really needed to kind of put on some size. As a bigger guy on the sevens pitch, I need to be able to you know, break through some tackles and make some hits. And in order to sustain your body through these two tournaments and through a season, you need that physical strength and that resiliency. You know, if you don't have a good workout regimen, you're getting hurt and you're getting banged up and then you can't play. So it's, and part of that, you know, part of it's physical preparation, but a lot of making good hits and having good physical moments on the field is, is confidence in your game, in your game and your game planning or pattern, you know, in terms of restarts took a long time for me to get confident. I always talk to Zach about how, you know, he, he feels on there and what he does, but I've kind of, you know, come into my own there with Zach's kind of tutelage and there there's a confidence there that I didn't have before, which allows me to commit myself completely in the air. Same thing in the tackle, same thing in rucking and things of that it's it's a confidence deal where I can commit completely and back myself. It's uh, it comes with experience. It comes with time on the circuit. It comes with a team playing together, and you know it's it's really helped my game quite a bit in terms of fully committing to a scenario. I know it's hard to hard to explain, but people who've played know you're kind of half in, half out sometimes. You know, you you just really got to give up your body and. It's it's been a, on my mind for a while. Mags kind of told me, you know, you got to get stronger in the contact area. So it's it's been on my mind. Zach, oh, I mean, both of you guys, we've got I don't know how Alex, how many photos we have in the bank of you guys coming out of the tunnel and jumping. It seems like seventy three feet in the air, right when you get on the field. You guys are both restart specialists. You're both very good at it. Um, but we've also seen both of you guys go up and land straight on your ribs, straight on your back. Zach, and then maybe dovetail off to Colin, but do, do you, is there a game you don't come off the field and then immediately ice your ribs? Because it seems like you guys get take a pounding when uh, your feet get pulled out from under you on some of those restarts. Oh, yeah. Always in the ice tub immediately afterwards. Yeah, going up in the air you know, on, the, on the circuit, you know, guys are throwing knees, guys are going up with you, guys aren't really paying attention, so you flip over your back and you fall on your ribs. Yeah, it's 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 a... Uh, it's a risky game. We play jump in there to go get the ball. It's it's tough to, um, you know, when you think of the kickoff and just that m- moment of play. You got a guy kicking from the middle of the field to a sideline. You got a guy chasing it down, and two guys essentially going up and trying to get it. You know, and uh, you know we we have some basketball backgrounds, which uh, kind of helps out. You know, Testy was a receiver. I played basketball. So it's kind of like a rebound or like a, a pass to Testy. But <laughs> to be honest, we, we get really frustrated sometimes because refereeing that kind of exchange is really hard for the refs. You know, are they blocking? Are they taking you out in the air? And then obviously the contact and having to do that and really commit your body is, is a mental choice more than anything. It's like, all right, this you just got to go. You got to go. It's there's 110%. And sometimes you end up on your head or your back or, 
somebody sweeps your legs out from underneath that I can't there's so many highlights of Testy getting undercut and him doing a front flip or something like that and somehow he always up you know but it's one of the parts where Testy and I have really fed off each other you know he obviously killed it was kills it and I've really kind of taken that on to kind of help him out and so we split the field generally and it's allowed me to kind of expose one-on-one guys. But when they shift over, Testy does it as well. It's a really strong part of our game, but it's it hurts. <laughs> it hurts sometimes. Yeah, I'd like to see that uh, policed a little bit better. It doesn't seem like there's a standard at the moment as to what is what is taking someone out in the air and, and what's uh, incidental contact. Um, because it seems like the way they police it now is if someone goes up in the air, but say turns his body, he's not, he's not able to jump high enough, but he goes up in the air and he takes someone out. He, he's not counted as taking someone out because he jumped, but there are plenty of people who go up there specifically to just, just flip you over. Exactly. We, we see it and we, we get real frustrated by it, but you know, it's, it's one of those things. Is he going for it? Is he going for it? And, you know, part of me is like, you really have to make a play on the ball to be considered going to make a play for the ball. Your hands are outstretched. You're looking at the ball. If your head's down and your back's turned and you're throwing a knee underneath some guy's knees, you know, and that's really not what you want. So hopefully, you know, for our sakes, uh, we get some kind of structure around that one. But, you know, we're here to play the game as it is. You can't control the refs. You just got to do what you do and move on. We're going to be. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back, uh, and we'll uh, maybe uh, ask a few fun questions. We'll be right back here on Rugby Matrix America. Hey everyone, this is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com here to talk to you about the Hooker Wines line from Lauer Family Wines. Now, this is a group of wines made by people who love rugby, and you can tell even as you open the bottle as their corks have these great rugby stripes on them, like the old-time jerseys, but it's more than that. Rugby is about power and finesse, beauty and strength, balancing those two, and these Hooker Wines are the same. I don't drink a lot of Chardonnay, but I love Hooker Wine Chardonnay because it's complex. One might even say sort of learned, like that veteran flanker who knows all the tricks. And their Syrah well, is like an inside center who can pass and kick, packs the punch, but has so much more subtlety than that. And, well, get away from the rugby thing for a moment. Their Cabernet is just like steak in a glass. Just awesome. Awesome wines from Napa Valley, made in the spirit of this great game. Check out our Hooker Wines ad on RugbyMag.com or go to LauerFamilyWines.com. That's L-A-W-E-R FamilyWines.com. We're we're back here on Rugby Matrix America with Colin Holly and Zach Test. And uh, guys, you, you spent a lot of time together, uh, both... Uh, uh, at the OTC and, of course, uh, traveling with the, the team when you go to tournaments. Um, tell me about some of the guys on the team. Um, I, I think I know possibly the answer to this one, but who's the craziest guy on the team? Ooh. And in a nice way. But who's who's like the most intense, just a little bit wild guy on the team? Uh, Luke Hume? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe Luke. He he's a firecracker, that's for sure. Uh, he's just he's all go, he's all go. But um, he's he's pretty good. He's very intense. 
Yeah, I think intense is exactly the word. What what about um stuff you do just to to wind down um especially when you're traveling with the team um you know we talk about being under pressure we talk about you know the important the intense game things what do you what do you guys do to uh to relax and and do you do it as a as a group or do you or do you just sort of sometimes there's a time where it's like you, you need some alone time you're you're kind of tired of these people and you just need some time alone Zach, I think this is a good time to explain your projector that you bring oh, up, yes. your, your, your whole I've been, I've been, setup that you do. <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been waiting for this question my whole career. Um, <laughs> so me and uh, my fellow teammate, Nick Edwards, when we first started on the circuit, you know, when you're on tour, you, you, you know, after training, after meals, you're kind of just in bed watching TV. And in certain countries, the TV isn't as great. So you're bored some of the times. And so we had this brilliant idea of trying to find a portable projector where you could connect your iPod, iPad, your computer to it, and the movies you have, you could stream. And we all, you know, run into some, usually my room with my speakers hooked up to them as well and watch, you know, romantic comedies or action movies together <laughs> as a team, you know, with tea and crumpets and little snacks. It's a, it's a good time. It's it's very good. I I got sucked into that as soon as we started going going on tour. It's it's pretty awesome. You get a bunch of goodies sometimes to unwind with. You know, bread and I'm in the honey club with some of the guys, so we get bread and honey and butter or whatever. Everybody sits together and jams in these little double bedrooms that we get, and it's uh, he hooks up his Bose stereo. We just hang out, watch a movie, something that's going on, and that's. That's pretty fun. We actually had at one point in time, which was really great, kind of a world circuit go-karting kind of thing that we had going. So everywhere we'd go, we'd try to find a go-karting rink, and we'd have places and uh, things like that just to kind of take the edge off. And that, that was actually really fun, I think. Who's the reigning champs there, Zach? I forget. Who's got the trophy? Don't you? Uh, I, believe, I believe we do. I believe we do. It's <laughs> very true. See how I set that one up? Zach knocks That's up. nicely done. Zach knocks it out of the park. <laughs> so could could you, you find again. could you find go karting pretty much anywhere you went? It's some are better than others. In Dubai, there was a crazy racetrack, and they they went pretty fast. Uh, New Zealand, it was kind of a, kind of a different scenario. It was inside, and the the go karts were a little different, and there was like metal pipes all around. I remember Nuu Punamata just colliding with one of these metal pipes and his helmet flew off uh, flew off and you know Kristen Duhan she was one of our trainers she just ate it into a wall and broke her cart so it, you know it kind of depends on where you go and what's around but oh man it was uh it was definitely some fun uh, the world circuit <laughs> what about uh you know t- tell me a little bit about the fans um you know especially the USA fans because you do get I mean, every time we watch the circuit uh, on on TV, if we're not there, uh, you do see a lot of uh, USA fans, or at least a few. Um, do uh, do you do you find them? Do you hear them? Um, you know, what, what what's the fan following uh, outside of Las Vegas for you? Uh, it, it's great. You know, like you said, there's always USA fans at every turn we go to. I you know, my family likes to travel and watch the you know the games they. 
come all the way from San Francisco to watch us play. So it's always great. And you can always hear my mother screaming His at the top mother. of her lungs. Wow. And, you know, by the second day, she's got no, vo- no voice left because she's just been screaming for 14 minutes. And, yeah, so it, it's great, you know, seeing, you know, other American fans, you know, at, at different locations. We always go up to them. I remember we were in uh, Wellington before Vegas, just before the Super Bowl, and there was a whole bunch of uh, American fans wearing uh, Colin Kaepernick jerseys. So we went over oh, and did yeah, the Kaepernick right. taking photo with them. So, yeah, it was, it's great. Who eats, who eats the weirdest food? Uh, Zach, what do you think? Ooh, that's a very interesting question. I know Tiberio is very, very, he, he's nowhere with us, but he had a very strange diet. He was very bland, plain bagel, scrambled eggs, and he pretty much only ate pizza. <laughs> but with the guys now? I would say Carlin. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, Carlin's kind of like, you know, Tibbs palate, you know, very simple. You know, doesn't really go out of, you know, any any sort of boundary. Or, or Matt, he's just like meat and rice. Or <laughs> there's, there's, no, yeah. there's no greens going on with that guy. It's pretty, pretty, he just piles on the meat. It's like, you want oh, a salad? Wow. Nope. No salad. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, we wanted to, um, we want to thank Colin and Zach for checking in with us here on Rugged Matrix America. No, no. Thanks for having us on. It's uh, my first podcast, so hopefully it went well and you know people get a lot out of it. But uh, thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's been a lot of fun. And um, we know that you'll be in action soon enough. It'll It's uh, right at the beginning of, the, of May, isn't it? You'll be in Glasgow. Um, which is actually a nicer town than people think. Uh, you'll be in Glasgow for the second last round, and it's real simple. If you do better than Scotland, then you're playing in the main tournament in London a week later. And if you don't do better than Scotland, then you'll be playing in the qualifier tournament in London and need to finish in the top three to get back in core status. That's very straightforward, and you guys know you've got that uh, ahead of you, but we wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. It's a challenge. Going to hit it head on. And I will say that Glasgow is an, an awesome city if you're from Olympia, Washington. Oh, that's just <laughs> my personal opinion. They have a very fun. nice zoo, and they have some really good Indian restaurants there. Uh, so does everywhere in England. And if you're in. And if you're interested in the history of the Industrial Revolution, it's not a bad city to go to. Oh, very true. And they know how to fry a piece of fish. Oh, boom. <laughs> boom. Yeah. Boom. Well, that'll do it. And we are very excited to have Colin Hawley and Zach Test with us. Uh, and, uh, you know, we don't get to get two players be able to be available at the same time. So uh, we appreciate uh, them uh, for taking the time to talk to us. And that'll do it for us. We want to thank you for listening and make sure that you check out the uh, iPad app for Rugby Magazine and big news coming up on that because we'll be having the Rugby Magazine available in some other uh, tablet and smartphone platforms very, very soon. So we're pretty excited about that. And there'll be some back issues as well. So if you have an Android, if you have BlackBerry, you should be able to subscribe to the magazine very, very soon. So keep an eye out for that and check out rugbymag.com for all of that. And of course, don't forget to go to rugbymag.com for all your rugby news and check out rugamatrix.com for the Rugamatrix 
international show. So for Pat and Bruce and for Colin and Zach, uh, we want to thank you for listening to Rugged Matrix America. Mm-hmm.